Welcome to episode 291 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV-related technologies. I am your host, Dave Ginsberg, and I have, it's been like forever, I have my friend here, Bob Fairbairn, the audio consultant extraordinaire. How are you doing, Bob? Great for having you back. Other than a little scratch in my throat, I'm doing great, Dave, and, and I'm assuming you are too, because here you are, still. You've never yeah, left this still office. Here? <laughs> I never did. I never did. Uh, I, I looked back and... I want to say, when the last time was Bob on the show? It's been four years. 2020, you were on the show with me. And that was during our time when we were uh, uh, volunteering our time at the local Mac user group, Mug. And so, but it's great to have you on the show. We're going to really enjoy the, 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 the great conversation. Also great being here is Ben Rathick. So great to have you. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing good, Dave. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. Yes. Always a pleasure having you. And last but certainly not least, Jeff Gamut. It's always great to have you. How are you doing, Jeff? It's always great to have Ben on the show. I mean, it's great to be here. Actually, it is great to have Ben on the show. And uh, Bob, yes. it's great to meet you. Yes. And it's a, we're going to have a great time here because I'm telling you, the news is just keeps continuing with Apple. We just have just more and more of it every week. Ironically, they just did their earnings call earlier today, so we'll touch upon that and lots of other great topics and news stories. Um, so why don't we just go ahead and jump right into this week? And like we always do, go into topics. And first thing I'm going to talk about is beta, iOS 17.2, 17.4, excuse me, beta one was re-upped. It was re-released a dev beta. They they really they released it for iOS 17.4, iPad OS 17.4. And the public beta is now out as well. The biggest thing is the, the, the EU support, which we were talking a lot about that's included in this. The default browser changes in EU as well as NFC. I think a lot of what's in here is going to be the EU that they had to comply with. And it's, you know, other than that, uh, uh, just bug fixes, I think, which we're looking at. Uh, uh, ben, have you noticed anything uh, different with this uh, latest beta? Not with uh, with iOS. The the only thing I can really I really notice is that I can now share play my my iOS to my Apple TV. Oh, so it finally works, huh? Yeah. Great, great. So and we lost the Bob, he'll be right back. But Jeff, anything with your iPad? You've been you've been avoiding doing that iPad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I I've installed the update and my iPad booted back up afterwards. And that's as far as I've gone with it. So I am going to say 17.4 beta one is performing marginally, which is exactly what I expect. There we go. Yeah. Yep. How are you, Bob? Have you been doing to be dabbling in beta? Um, I know you were you've been a, off I used to a years. lot, but lately I've been in production mode. So I have done yeah. very, very little beta stuff. Although I am, yeah. <clears throat> I have a couple of things where I think I'm going to have to dip in a little bit here in a little while. We'll see. I was very, very tempted with the device protection stuff that, uh, um, yeah, we got it now. We got it now. So yeah. And (laughs) I'm, I have to write a, all my customers. I have a bunch of them. I says, okay, this is what you do. This is what you need to do because it really does make a difference. So, and I kind of wanted it to settle out a little bit to make sure something didn't go in the middle of the night, but it didn't as far as I can tell. So that's good. Yeah, oh, it looks like it's uh, been doing okay with that stuff. Mm-hmm. It looks like uh, also also that uh, they released Watch OS 10.4 out to developers. Generally, don't see too much about that. 
one inter- one interesting thing that that was uh, found uh apple insiders were reporting on this is there's some references to home os and tv os 17.4 beta in tv os 17.4 beta there was some code that's referencing the, the first uh, in that first developer beta of tv tv os 7.4 17.4 that is home os could it be an indication that apple's working on a new os or is it going to be maybe a home hub if you if you if you saw this, uh, Jeff, what do you think uh, on this? You being the aficionado of uh, of the <laughs> home kit, as we call it right now. Okay, <clears throat> so the the home OS thing, having it show up in code doesn't surprise me at all because yes. several months ago there there were job postings that Apple had for engineers to work on home OS and when people. We're like, oh, Apple's doing home OS. They pulled the the job listings, which just tells me that they set them up the the job listings up in a different way, where it was totally obfuscated. But my my guess is that what Apple is doing is working on a a more specialized version of iOS that encompasses their smart home controller devices. Yeah, I'm trying to figure. That, that's it. It it related to that. I saw some rumors in the Home Assistant YouTube channels and and stuff like that about HomeKit routers. Everybody's not doing them anymore, abandoning them or something like that. Has anybody else seen anything along that route? You know, Home where you're like the one I'm running is a Linksys right now, and it's acting up as usual. But you know, you can connect your router to HomeKit. Like some of that may be going away. I don't know. I haven't seen I, anything. I think that's all going to go away. And it's, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's just a matter of, of how quickly that happens because Apple is supporting matter yeah. and that's eliminating the need for a lot of these, these bridge devices that we've been relying on. Yeah. So many bridge devices. <laughs> what do you think, Ben? I, I'm hoping it's, is, a drastically upgraded version of what we have on like the home pods or whatever other devices in that area that Apple's working on. And it finally gets its own freaking app. Yeah. It was, it's overdue. Just, just like home pod. Is there going to be a home pod OS? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there already Doubtful, is a home pod OS. I'm hoping to shorten the name. Yeah. So for sure. So definitely going to be interesting to see where that goes. And we talked about uh, Apple did uh, announce that there's going to be a new podcast transcript feature in, in iOS 17.4. It just it was just released last week as we talked about it. I haven't had a chance to try it yet. Has any and have any of you guys tried it out yet? Uh, I know Ben, you brought it up to my attention last week. I, I haven't seen it in in action just yet. I linked an article and Mac Rumors seems like they they've had some uh, some activity with it. I haven't uh, used it myself yet, but from what I saw, it looked pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how that how that pans out with transcripts. Uh, boy, that's gonna save us podcasters a heck of a lot of time and money. having to do that ourselves. And you know, well, I'm using other tools. No, it but, doesn't. But maybe not. Go ahead. Go ahead. It Just, doesn't save you any time because this doesn't address transcripts outside of. Apple's podcast Apple. aggregator ecosystem. 
So you're still right. going to have to do the whole transfer. You want everywhere else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to do it. Yeah. I'm, I would, it would Makes be sense. nice if in a future operating system, uh, Apple allowed you to download that, that transcript. Yeah. I would hope that that's something they could consider. So, so definitely it's going to be interesting to see that where that goes. And Apple is also in, in the 17.4 betas. They're actually doing an update to the clock app, which I found to be surprising. Specifically, it's updates a small but significant change to the stopwatch function in the beta. The stopwatch function now has includes a timer in the live activities in, in the dynamic, dynamic island. So now in the lock screen, you'll be able to actually see that stopwatch going as, as like a little small timer. So I know that's nothing a big of big deal of many of us here, but I thought that kind of that is kind of a nice of a standout as well. So a couple things in 17.4 that's that's going to be uh, released here. So I think this will be interesting. We'll, we'll touch upon the EU stuff a little bit more later on here. Oh. Uh, but th- this was uh, this is definitely something interesting. So uh, with that, we'll move on off beta and talk about the Apple earnings results. Well, like I said, they just released the the quarter results about three or four hours ago since we've since as we recorded this. And Apple did post a quarterly revenue of about $119.6 billion. That was up to about 2% year over year. And uh, quarterly earnings per diluted share was about $2 to uh, 2.18, up 18% year over year. And got lots of links in the show notes, including the press release uh, from Apple, as well as they, Tim Cook uh, spoke on a lot of the things during the, the earnings call. A lot of the takeaways include... Of course, they did touch on the EU app ecosystem changes, and they were asked about the economic could what there could be some possible economic uh, results from the changes. And they, I didn't think they said too much. He said the impact is impossible to determine right now. Is what Tim said. Uh, Apple finds it difficult to predict what customers and developers will choose. Uh, we've they're really focused on privacy and, and security and usability. Cook had said, and we've tried. To, our best to get as close to the past in terms of things that people love about our, our ecosystem, but we're going to fall short of providing the maximum amount that we could supply because we need to comply with the regulation. So, you know, like we said, we've been saying the last few weeks, they had to comply. There wasn't much of a choice. Uh, of course, they talked about the Vision Pro, very excited about that and and about the design. A lot of other, a lot of other app developers are going to be doing apps for Vision Pro, including Walmart, Nike, Vanguard, Striker, Bloomberg, SAP, and all kinds of other collaborates. They said, I think they said something like 600 apps are going to are going to be out when released. As we record this, uh, it's going to be in everybody's hands uh, tomorrow on February 2nd, and we and we'll talk about Vision Pro in just a minute here. Other interesting thing app that Tim Cook talked about was AI. He said they he did say he's quoted as saying as Apple has spending a tremendous amount of time and effort on artificial intelligence. And and the details on the AI work will be shared later this year. So what does that mean? Later this year, WWDC. WWDC, I think, is going to be in a, probably an incredible event this year with a lot of the a lot of the big announcements with AI because AI is just absolute gangbusters. the The services category had, a, had set another all time record revenue of twenty three point one billion. It was up from twenty point seven billion uh, the year year ago quarter. Paid subscriptions grew double digits year over year. And I think all of us here, if not most of us, are spending a lot on that Apple bundle every month. So it's Mm -hmm. not surprising that we see the services going here. 
And then, then there's the wearables, Mac and iPad sales and active devices. Mac sales are about flat, about 7.8 billion compared to 7.1, 7.7 billion last year. But iPad sales, no surprise here, are way down as Apple hasn't released a new model in all of 2023. And now we're in 2024. Revenue was about 7 billion. It was down from 9.4 billion last year. Wearables was saw a bit of a drop as well. Went from went to 12 billion over 13.4 billion. So it was definitely interesting to see where all these numbers went. But you know what? You're looking at these numbers. It's not they're not an incredible drop. But you know, people on the market and the analysts and all that are going to probably say otherwise. I'm gonna start with you, Bob. What what do you think of what these results were? Well, I'm disappointed because I I okay. I have an M1. 12.9 MacBook or not MacBook <clears throat> iPad. Okay. And I've been wanting a new iPad for a long time and I've been waiting and I've been waiting and I've been waiting. And yeah. I, I don't know. I get a little worried about all the services money. If you sign into Apple news regularly, you can't scroll three lines without an advertisement for something else, unless you do what I do to block them. But it's, it's like, it's really it's getting a little annoying to a certain extent, and the, you know there's a few places where they're doing that. So they need they need. I think they need to wind that back a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I I like to see their revenue stay continuing to grow, and I also I was hoping the Mac would be up more than it is. I really was hoping the Mac because the those new MacBook yeah. Airs are just absolutely phenomenal. So I want one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the fifteen inch is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah is, it's a really nice machine. So is the third. I mean, I I have a thirteen inch M two. I was one of the first M twos, and it's it it's a great little machine. I use it as my extra extra laptop to travel with. I've got my sixteen inch I use here at the desk, and that that little MacBook Air is uh, it's it's quite a power horse. I'm I'm, uh, I'm talking to you on an M one MacBook Air, solid yeah. solid solid piece of hardware. Yep. So I'm I'm due for new toys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> What do you think, Jeff? What, what stood out for you on this uh, all this announcement? Uh, what stood out to me? Well, actually, the the services mm -hmm. that going up to me is actually a good sign because Apple has been working for quite a while now to make sure that they have a more diversified product lineup so that they don't have all their eggs in the iPhone basket. And they and Tim Cook has said over and over, Apple is looking out way into the future beyond the iPhone. And they're build, right. they're building the foundation for that now. So services needs to continue to grow. And wh whether or not the ads that are showing up in news are playing into that, well Good for you for blocking them if they're if they're bugging you. <laughs> I I actually don't use Apple News at all, so there's that. Then the Mac sales being flat to me was actually a positive, and I think that without the new MacBook Airs and the new MacBook Pro that were introduced this year, Mac sales would have taken a big drop. So. So that's that's what kept us where where Mac sales were were you know about the same. And what I'm hoping with with no iPads in 2023 is that that's happening 
because we're getting very significant changes to the iPad line in 2024. Yep. Yep. How about you, Ben? I I have thoughts pretty much along the lines of Jeff here. I mean, look, by the time we see a new iPad, it's going to be close to 18 months. So everybody knows they're coming. There's really no reason to buy an iPad unless you have an urgent, urgent need. With the Mac, like Jeff said, uh, the fact that they stayed even on Pro Mac is pretty impressive, considering we know that we're gonna get, the MacBook Airs are going to get updated with those iPads, and they make up the vast majority of uh, Mac sales. You know, wearables, yeah, Apple Watch Series Nine and and Ultra Two really aren't all that different from their predecessors. Yeah, it's just, I mean, other than the the iPhone 15 series going gangbusters, there's really not a whole reason to upgrade right now. And that's, oh. and I mean, with everything being so mature these days, that's probably one of the reasons why Apple is putting so much effort into services they need something that can be reliable quarter to quarter yep yep oh so and then a couple other things that were kind of interesting uh, app uh tim cook did did say that there are over 2.2 billion active devices which is a new record for apple and it's uh, it, it, in their install base and that's all apple devices that are out there that came out to another article i read was one and four people in on the planet have an apple device so that's uh that's a pretty incredible feat if you ask me Um, that's pretty amazing it's amazing but i'm wondering if this is is that kind of funny number math that that amazon is known for where they show a, a bar chart with no numbers on it okay did apple specify what they mean by devices does that include apple pencils Magic trackpads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. I mean, looking into that, I have a Mac, a MacBook Pro, an iPhone 12, an Apple Watch Series 7, and five Apple th- TVs over all four generations. Yeah. I think we're all in that same boat. Yeah. We, I, we all three or four Macs. Is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yes. It's me too. <laughs> yeah. Three or four Macs and, the, and yeah, two iPhones, as, two uh, iPads. Eight different people there. <laughs> that skews It just the proves that you count. Eight yeah. times as much as everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So so overall, some really good good results. We'll see how the stock market reacts. Actually, I think the, the, the stock was up a little bit today after after the announcement. So that was good to see. So, and uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. So, you know, we had to talk about the Vision Pro because uh, we are going to be talking about the Vision Pro today on this on this episode. And I, I, I'm happy to announce that we are going to have a, a really special guest next week, Dylan Stewart, the Mac Whisperer, who, is, who actually is receiving a new Vision Pro. And we'll be able to hear from somebody firsthand who will have it in their hands and be able to talk about it to leave even more. But I found it interesting. All, of course, the, the usual suspects of the influencers had their Vision Pro devices start off with Joanna Stern in the wall street journal. She, she did a pretty, a really awesome video about seven minutes long that, that depicted 
she could cook. I thought she was absolutely crazy getting on a ski slopes and going down the bunny, the bunny hill you're wearing that thing. Because Apple warns you, you should not be wearing this thing you know, and doing any sports. Well, I, like I haven't that. watched so, the video yet. Where was she uh, skiing? Where was it? I don't remember. It was a bunny hill, though. It wasn't like it yeah, was because, like, if it's like if it's eastern U.S. then and she's on a bunny hill, it's okay. She didn't violate what Apple said because that's not really yeah. skiing. <laughs> you should know, being from Colorado, so so. And of course, I Justine, you know how 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 crazy she'll get with this stuff. And I think she got she she had that. I remember they showed the video of the of, of the Jurassic Park dinosaur jumping at her and and you know putting out your hands and having to do the the image of your face, putting the thing in front of you. And so there was uh, I thought a lot stood out with a number of these videos. And first time I ever seen Marcus Brownlee MKBHD oh, do an actual unboxing in a long time. He actually unboxed it. Then, of course, I just you know always unboxes. So, so I think we 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 had a lot of good stuff. And the biggest, obviously, the biggest thing that was standing out was battery life. I'm gonna get about two and a half hours. That ain't much. You're gonna be have that battery on your hip all the time, right, and have to recharge it. Yeah, but a lot of um, them were saying they were getting longer battery life than Apple was advertising. Okay. Okay. So, we'll see how long the batteries continue to perform that way. But I mean, that's yeah. promising. Yeah, yeah, it is. the The Mac Mac virtual display I thought was really cool, and I think that's something that people are probably going to want to do uh, with it. When having these enormously large uh, uh, screens, you know, virtual screens in their in their in their Vision Pro, but uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to want to be typing that little keyboard that's out no. in the virtual world. So, well, uh, you say that. What do you think? But. I think that there is a significant part of the demographic where that's actually a really great feature. There are a lot of people that have limited mobility and and other limitations that don't allow them to easily use a traditional physical keyboard. And while we're we're thinking, oh, I don't want to have to do this little pinch pinch peck 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 thing for them, yeah. this is going to be life changing. Yeah, it could be because yeah, because I mean we're doing them on iPhones. The keyboard's the same size, honestly. So why well, wouldn't it be any different? But but if you're using a Mac, you know, if you're doing your Mac and have and trying to do something. I mean, the good thing is the Magic Keyboard and the Magic Trackpad and mouse both work with the Vision Pro. So and well, and you I'll can actually going pair, virtually with your with your hands and <laughs> yeah, you can pair basically any Bluetooth keyboard, any Bluetooth right right yeah I believe so yeah yeah so. I find this gonna be it's it's an interesting device, but as we've been talking about the last few weeks, you know we're we're at version one folks. I mean it's it's very expensive thirty five hundred dollars just to start, and you adding all the other accessories brings you all the way up to about four thousand dollars with the if you need the glass the glasses inserts of course, and you need the the oh that case oh my god you saw that case it looks like a big giant bubble, yeah. <laughs> big white giant bubble. Put your, yeah, yeah, get the third party one that's half as much. Yeah. It's like a yeah. marshmallow. Yeah, big marshmallow. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so this something you would ever consider, Bob? If you would do I know you um, love these kind well, of gadgets, but so I have several specific use cases that I think it might fit in well. So I do a lot of tech support sitting here in front of a 49-inch right. monitor. And to be able to, you know, toss a couple of remote computers up and you know spin around and, and touch them and move them 
and link up to the to the computer here. I I just have this feeling that there's a good possibility it might fit well, but we're remodeling the kitchen this year. I say you got some priorities financially. <laughs> I, I yeah. So. I I I, de- I really needed to, to update the iPad. That's the one thing I really want to do. So I got yeah. I, I'm I'm doing that. My wa- my wife needs a new watch, and so it's sort of like one point five yeah, uh, or 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 something like that. Let's let's wait and see what happens as the software gets updated and all that. Yeah. But well. that's that's a, a very specific use case that I think would fit for someone who's in my work field and i just have the feeling that there's there's some productivity gains that could be done with this pretty nicely i was watching marquez doing the where he's got it you know hooks it up to the mac and and all that and i'm going yeah i can really see that i can really see how that would you know, drop yeah. your mac over here and and the couple of uh, facetime calls and things i saw with that even though there's a little bit of uncanny valley going on Man, the the fact that the audio comes from, you know, and you look over and you're talking to Joe and you look over and you're talking to Mary and, and you know, this this flat thing in front of us, that's going to go away soon, guys. Won't that be cool? <laughs> I just, I just, yeah. I love it. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. So definitely going to be interesting to see where this goes and we'll find out more next week with someone with our, with the, has it, have hands on with it. I'm, uh, I'm excited to, to hear what, uh, what Dylan's thoughts are going to be next week. So definitely gonna be interesting. So let's uh, go on and move on to another uh, topic here. You know, Jeff, you brought this to my attention and really intrigued me on this. And I know, I know I, you, we, you and I both love the, uh, the company icon factory. They, mm-hmm. they made Twitterific, you know, when, when Twitter met really meant something, we don't you know now it's X. We don't, we don't even deal with it anymore for most part. So they, but you know, icon factory came back and they've been still creating all their great apps. But uh, this 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 really intrigued me. The project tapestry, and basically what this is what they're trying to do is instead of just having one client that was Twitterific, now they're going to try to actually defragment the online media with the, with this product t- t- tapestry, the project tapestry. Excuse me. And so I said I I I went into the Kickstarter just like you did, uh, Jeff, and that you 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 inspired me to do that. So uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about what. What uh, caught your attention to this and what, what made you uh, uh, support this uh, Kickstarter? Well, the the initial hook for me was was the Icon Factory team saying, hey, we have this new app we're working on. And right there, I'm basically hooked. Now I just need to know what the app is and what it does. And when I saw what they're working on, then I was really hooked because, it, it, like you said, it takes your RSS feed. It takes yep. it takes social media that has APIs that allow for for other apps to hook in, and <laughs> and so which also means you can hook in podcasts and all of the stuff that that yeah. you want aggregated into one place. So you have uh, like a nexus for your mm-hmm. for your content. This is how I've been using Flipboard for years, and it's right. fine, but it's also not exactly what I want because Flipboard is also guessing at things that I will be interested in, and over the past year especially, yeah. the quality of content, which is not a reflection on Flipboard, it's a reflection on publications, has really just declined as as companies have started to rely more and more on 
on LLM for auto-generated content. But that's not really the point. The point is the stuff that I am interested in having aggregated into a single view for me to go through, that's what Icon Factory is doing with Project Tapestry. Yep. So we they've got they're, they're looking to get the goal about a hundred thousand dollars. I think they're pretty becoming pretty gosh darn close already, and uh, I I supported it. Ben, is this something you you would uh, be interested in if uh, if you wanted to? Yeah, it's something I'd definitely be very interested in. As it says here in the uh, Kickstarter, it's not meant to be your favorite, your main social media app or RSS reader. But kind of like right. a super notifications app, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can know Which to look perfect. at your, yeah, your Feedly account or your Mastodon account, or hopefully yeah. someday your Threads account. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, yeah, because I use a I use a news aggregator that to, to to compile all the news I that I uh, go through each week for the show. So uh, I think this is going to be a great tool for people who really want to get immersed in this. Something you might consider, Bob. I have to see a little further. I, the only social media content I've got, you know, I have an account on Mastodon, but my, in my RSS reader is, uh, you know, I use Feedbin for most of it and that works pretty well, but there's just so many places where you got to go and, and so many different devices you got to go to. Anything that brings that down to a single inbox is fascinating. I, I didn't see this until the show notes, so I haven't actually looked at it yet. Icon yeah, Factory, yeah, they're good people. They write good, yeah. good, good software. So this could be cool. This could be really, really helpful. I, there's too many inboxes. I mean, how do I get them down? And what? Where do I? Where do I reach in touch and look and go? Oh, I need to go pay attention to that, right? And how can I do that quickly in and out? So on any yeah. device, but yeah. again, they're not they're not targeted towards all the crazy gear I carry around. So right. Well, links in the show notes. Uh, go check them out, and uh, we, we uh, at least Jeff and I can uh, say attest to the fact that we we are doing a Kickstarter support of this uh, of this initiative. So I dropped money on this support. one fast and hard, <laughs> and I felt I, I followed right behind you. So uh, this is great stuff here. Another story that uh, Jeff brought to my attention, I thought was good. Uh, a good topic here is uh, oh no, actually I think Bob, you're the one that brought this to, to us here. Android phones on AT&T will now show brand logos on incoming calls. Is this a something for the future? AT&T is uh, launching a new feature to, uh, feature for, for its customers, <laughs> which, which show brand logos when you get an incoming call from a, a verified business. In partnership with TransUnion, AT&T will start allowing business logos on incoming calls. So the goal is to... Show the logo as an indicator that it's an incoming call that is genuine and uh, logos only show up when verified business phone numbers. It's powered by TransUnion, TransUnion's true contact and uh, true contact goes and explains that both these, these industry first serve for branded call displays, thanks to true contact and you know, all of their mumbo jumbo sales. Well, but crap. okay. But just, just hey, so but, T-Mobile's doing it also. Okay, because I got no, I got I, a yeah. thing from T-Mobile, but I want to think about it. So yeah. there's this verified domains and verified email that you could do with right. Apple. So you get an 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 email from you know pick your most favorite company in the whole wide world, and it and it it it's sure it it it's part of what like DKM DKIM and all that. 
So maybe this isn't all advertising. Maybe it's actually a good idea. And maybe it's something for the okay. bad guys to spoof when they find the holes in the software. But right. I, I, I don't want to be negative about it yet, but I really don't no. need someone else flashing stuff in my face. I agree. That, that, that was what really uh, alarmed me when, I, when you, you shared this with us. Ben, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah. These companies do not exactly have the best track record of having the customer's needs at heart. No, they don't. My my fear is if they get away with this, you could see some other advertising in your calls. This is true. You could. So, so some, something the, I don't know, look forward to or not. Huh. <laughs> I think this is uh, going to be interesting to see where this goes. Cause well, there, there's nothing altruistic uh, about this at all. No, I, yeah. uh, I, I'm sorry, Bob. I I think Can I'm I much more cynical about this than than you yeah. are. Instead of addressing the spam and spoof phone call problems that we have, they chose to sell advertising instead and present it to us right. as if this is a way to let us know calls are legit. Now, to a degree, sure it is, but this is a, another service that uh, that businesses have to sign up for. And the real purpose be, be behind what Tran, Tran, I forgot the company's name, Trans, TransUnion, 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 who you can't trust. Right. Yeah. So credit reporting. <laughs> so their whole thing with this product is not about verifying that your phone number is legit. That's just one of the things that it does. The product that they want to sell you is all about all of this other data management stuff. And so if you're a business that's thinking, oh, this will be a great way for me to let my customers know that that when I'm calling them, it's a legit call. No, because that's not what TransUnion is going to be selling you. It's a little bit like some of the crazy stuff that the Better Business Bureau does. I don't, they're, you know, you pay the Better Business Bureau to be on their listings and stuff. And I, I don't know enough to speak very heavily about it, but I, I just have yeah. my conspiracy theories and suspicions about some of that. Yep. Yay, capitalism. So, you. Yeah. Next topic, I want to talk a little bit about some of the more, more fine-tuned information about the EU app store changes. Again, this isn't going to affect us in the United States. So, I mean, that's a, that's the thing. I just find this to be fascinating to see what they're going to be doing. And I'm not going to go through all this. We've got some articles here on the show notes that you can look through here. Some of the notable changes was specifically like uh, through all of the OSs. The Apple's new uh, business terms have changed, you know, where you're going to have a core technology fee. We talked about all this here. Default app marketplaces. I think really the, some of the things that really stood out to me is test flight, which is one, which is of course the, the beta area where, where developers can test their apps before they release them out to the public. Apple is going to allow test flight to be used for alternate apps, app stores, which I think that's, that's really, I commend them for doing that because uh, I know they've not been too excited about it, but you know, they got to be com in compliance with this act. And then NFC was going to be another thing. I mean, the European economic areas just allow some changes there which includes a bunch of, a lot of other different countries in the EU. So that's going to be different. So I don't know if anything else stood out for you guys. So Bob, I don't know how much time, how much you've looked through this EU 
I've been I've been kind of reading about it, and I have this, I have this. I understand why Apple is so adamant about this, and all you have to do is point back to where we were looking at the quarterly earnings and mm -hmm. the services revenue and all that. And you know they are a corporation too. We just happen to like their stuff, but I also look at it for. Okay, I'm going to make an analogy here, and you guys are probably going to burn me to the ground to this. So, a Windows <laughs> computer versus a Chromebook. Okay, yeah. I ha okay. So, when you think about that a little bit, so Windows computer, you got all these weird updates and all these apps that come from all these different places, and a Chromebook is pretty hard to break, and you can push a button and reset it and take it back to factory. And it's so you know, there's a little bit of a trade off there, and I I think that this starts pointing in that direction is that do I really need some gaming company, you know, use their app store? I, I don't understand. Why can't we all just get together? All right. And why, why does, okay. And I, I, I'm going to go off on an, I don't want to go off on a rant. I just think we had it pretty simple. I think Apple screwed it up. Okay. I think they've been screwing it up for a long time. I think they've, they, they have not paid as much attention to the developers as they needed to. and. I think they have a little bit, I think their horse is taller than their legs. And I think they need to, you know, climb down <laughs> off the horse a little bit. I think that's, that's my feeling. Yeah. Anything else you want to touch on? We, we've been beating this to death the last couple episodes here. So, I mean, it's, uh, it is what it is, but yeah. go ahead, Apple is not a charity. Apple yeah. is not your friend. Apple nope. is a yeah. corporation. Their job is to make money and, uh, and who are we to say how much money they should or shouldn't make and uh, and at what point they should be giving away services for free i don't i don't get to see their balance sheet i don't get to right. see what their expenses are maybe charging 50 cents per per install is necessary to maintain the services that they're offering to allow people to hook in to the iphone I don't know. I don't see the I don't see the money. It it's easy to say, oh, they can afford it, but at the same time they have a a, a responsibility to their shareholders. They're giving away for free. That's not what the the uh the capitalist corporate business model is. No. So yeah. yeah. Yep. And going and going on that, Jeff. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised at all if by March 6th, these terms changed because it would be honestly negligent on Apple's part to its shareholders if it did not try to find out exactly where the EU boundaries were on this. Oh, so yeah. these, yeah. So these might be maybe slightly out of compliance. But I mean, if they get away with it, Apple loses nothing. Uh, if yep. EU says, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa," you have to change this, this, and this, uh, Apple gets to take the high ground. Like, hey, they managed to change it more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and so grenades and horseshoes. There you go. <laughs> That's there right. Go. There you go. <laughs> yep. So yeah, let's uh, go ahead and move on from this topic. I think it's uh, like I said, we've been beating it to death the last couple of weeks. It is what it is. It's coming in uh, in March, and the EU gets to experience a little different than what we will here in the U.S. Here, so 
So let's let's go into some of the news stories that caught my eye this week. And another rumor story here this week. I thought Jeff would like this one. Apple's touchscreen HomePod is coming this year. And what do they know so far? And they've been talking about this for a while here. Uh, Apple's uh, believed to be working on a new full-sized HomePod with a, with features a touchscreen display for the very first time. Display is rumored to be launched as soon as the first half of this year, 2024. Really, they've been talking about and this is actually from Mark Ehrman to Bloomberg, so you kind of have a good trustworthy source here. Design and functionality, they say the specific reports are saying that it's going to launch with a home HomePod models go to the display that came from the app. Oh, Ming-Chi Ko was talking about it too. So they got some pictures showing the bezel and the screen and uh, looking like the same home, the large HomePod there is. They're saying that the, there's going to be a potential for a new chip. So there's a lot of rumor in here. I think we talking about this for a while. I mean, as far as HomePod goes, is there going to be a screen? You know, Apple, Google, they, they all have their, their, their smart devices and speakers. What do you think on this, Jeff? All right. Coming from Mark Gurman, that adds credibility to this. Now, yeah. Ming Chi Ko. <laughs> adding Ming Chi yeah, Ko yeah. into this takes credibility away. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's why I am on this. What value is a HomePod with a display bringing to customers? And what is Apple going to do that makes this better than what other companies are doing with with smart screen speaker systems? And the, the answer that I have today, it's part of it is I don't know. Because yeah. the the value that I see in the in the smart screen speaker systems today is actually fairly limited. However, what if Apple is actually working on a new HomePod with a touchscreen that is your whole HomeBridge setup yeah. that's running HomeOS? And now you can have this device where where it serves that bridge purpose that HomePod and Apple TV serve and gives you an alternate interface for controlling home devices. So this would be something that goes on the wall. Or I guess you could set it on a desk. But this becomes the uh, the home information system and touchscreen for controlling your home. And I do have some thoughts about how it might work. Oh, I want to hear these. Yeah. Yes. I mean, personally, I don't think you'd, you'd really need much more than an e-ink display on those. But what are you going to want to do with this? Well, number one, you're going to want to be able to see what song is playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, since you can't, since it's a multiple person device now, you can't guarantee the person who's mainly connect to that iPod or HomePod, excuse me, their information is going to be on their iPhone and iPhone alone graphically right now. Mm -hmm. And for kind of how it would work, depending on how big it is, well, basically Apple Watch slash iPhone widgets. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I was thinking widgets because this becomes your home information display so Mm -hmm. you see the weather you see the time you you see if you want 
like the, the family shared calendars. So, you know, when all of the after school activities are happening, maybe there's a shared family task list. So everyone knows what their what their chores for the day are. Plus, yeah, then then you get the the what's playing and and all of that stuff. I think an e-ink display would totally make sense, and Apple isn't going to do it because it's not pretty. So it's going to be mm-hmm. a full color display. Yep. Plus plus the other thing, both the A I mean the S series and the current or the current home pods has a fair bit of graphics power that's not being used. Mm-hmm. Now the, the mock-ups that that we're seeing where it's the, the cylinder with the round display on the top, and that's where you're seeing all the information. This makes no sense to me at all. And, Zero. And that to me is not a legit mock-up of what Apple is planning. That's someone photoshopping the the now playing thing from an iPhone onto a HomePod. And it that that is a worthless display. The display as it's used on a HomePod today is worthless as well. Yeah. yeah. And and it's okay that it's worthless today because HomePod is not a uh, a visual device. It's an audio device. Right. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I think the the reason that the top of the HomePods is the shape that it is, they initially tried putting a display on there. It just didn't work and they dropped it from the device. Yeah. So you get the little light indicator that tells you it's hearing you and right. you get to and, see volume controls that no one ever touches. It's, it is just the right amount of feedback for the device as it's currently presented. I think, I think that's, yeah, I, yes, yes. That's a great way to put it. So can I tell you what I want yeah. <laughs> is Apple's listing. So have any of you guys played with any of the Google home devices, the Google home displays? Have you any, if anybody here has played. Yeah, with, I've got one, right? You got one right got in front one right of here you. With me. So you know how that works, Dave. Okay. So we have, there's actually three, well, four of those in my house. There's one right over here. Somebody rings the doorbell. The camera is right there in front of me instantly like that. My wife talks to it. Her information is there. I talk to it. My information is there. Now, we do not use that infrastructure like we use the Apple infrastructure, the family calendar, all that stuff. But the most important part in our house of those gadgets is two things. First thing is kitchen timers. And the second thing is photo library. Oh, my goodness. The photo library is so. Look at the grandkids. Yeah. (laughs) The grandkids. It's exactly it. The grandkids, the family, the vacation pictures and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So literally my iPhone takes every single photo I take and everything I take from my big cameras. And it, as soon as the iPhone sees, it goes, oh, new photo. And it goes, hey, Google Photos, here it is. So everything's over in Google. So all my pictures are in Google, all my pictures in Apple. I want to stop that. Please, Apple, let me take, get rid of Google in my house. And they haven't done it yet. <laughs> I think Apple would love for you to get rid of Google in your house. And... And I think you're talking about the sort of things that Apple sees that they can do to get you out of the Google ecosystem. Yeah, and 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 I'm going to add one more thing that they should do. They should just mm-hmm. keep an eye on Home Assistant a little bit, because mm-hmm. what Home Assistant does for me, may, automation-wise, 
It's just absolutely fabulous. So we've got to get we've got to get matter working right. We've got to you know the matter and thread stuff is still really badly broken on a whole bunch of devices. It's slow. It's new. I get that. But man, what I can do with Home Assistant and ESP Home devices is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I've got there. there you know, here, right here. Here's a new one I'm testing. This is a new. This is a new sensor. This is RF motion sensor. Multiple distances, you can walk into the room, it'll turn that light on, it'll turn the next light on. All right in home assistant, automated, you never touch a light switch walking into the room. And when you leave the room, it turns them off. So that's what I want yep. Apple to do. All right. Yeah, we've got a bunch of other new stories I'd like to get to before we uh, wrap up this week. The Apple did extend its modem licensing agreement with Qualcomm through March of 2027. Apple has extended that. It's extended that license agreement through March of 2027, as Qualcomm has said today in their earnings call, and Apple's existing agreement has now been extended. So we're, uh, we're, it looks like Apple isn't ready yet as far as uh, make, creating their own modem chip. You know, back in uh, November 2023, Mark Gurman was saying that, that Apple's work on that had been postponed until at least 25 or 26. So it looks like Apple's going to be sticking with Qualcomm for the foreseeable future here. So... I think it's uh, not much else you could say about that other than making radio chips isn't as easy as, as you might think. No, (sighs) no. And Qualcomm is some really smart people. And I, I, I sort of wish Apple wouldn't fight with these, with people like this and, you know, Nvidia and all that. I wish they wouldn't fight. Wish we could all get along. Just get along. Yeah. Everyone. Um, So yeah, get, get a big group hug. And then uh, keep we keep seeing more improvements to the Apple Card and the Apple Savings account, even though we've had all this discussion that Goldman Sachs wants out and nothing's happened yet. It's all been, as far as we're concerned, it's been more or less a rumor and there really hasn't had any confirmation that Apple is looking to get, get away from them other than we've had a lot of talk about it. But they just raised the savings account interest rate up again. It was at 4.25, then it went to 4.35, and now it's at 4.50. So now. Everybody is everybody's buying ladies letting being let know now that all your money's now making four point five APY now on all of your savings. I mean, this is pretty one of the best savings plans you can probably jump on. And there's a lot of other banks that are offering something similar to this, but this is this is great to see. I mean, I, I don't I I really enjoy using the Apple card and I think uh I think a lot of other people do. I think all of us here or most of us here use that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's a it's a it's a good deal here. So the other thing that was interesting is this was this was the Mac rumors that Apple Card users have earned more than a billion dollars in daily cash last year. That's over, and it has over twelve million users in the United States. I know other countries are probably wishing they can get their their hands on this card, and then Apple obviously is in no position to 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 go into other countries at this point, obviously from just what they've been doing here. So, uh, but that's a pretty amazing number. My opinion. What do you guys think on this? That that's just a wow, a wow number. That's a lot of use, and uh, oh, yeah. and that use is just in one country, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh it's really a it's really a, a great thing here, uh and uh definitely definitely is this going to be uh, uh interesting and uh, that as well as let's go on and, and move on and talk a little about CarPlay Honda. It decided to launch wireless car pay, play retrofit in option and select 2018 to 2022 cars. They Honda announced the preliminary plans to add this retrofit for CarPlay for Honda Accord drivers. 
The company now shares more details by revealing that the software update will will start at $112 and be available at any Honda dealer. But wow, $112, that's not a bad deal. Mm. They probably charge a lot more in most play, most uh, a lot of companies here. So they uh, they said it's it's just a basically a plus. As I say, it also says it's a plus de- de- dealer labor charge. But oh my god, it's be well worth it to not have to have a third party wireless device like I have in my car to mm-hmm. to get CarPlay to work. It works okay for me. That it's um, it has its moments. It doesn't doesn't connect. But that's um, okay from the guy who's looking at replacement radios to take the whole radio out of my 2014 Camry and put in one of these Android based things that hooks up right to the car and has all the bus stuff so I can have CarPlay. <laughs> I, right. I'm with you. It's 2013 Prius, and I'm going to have to go with an aftermarket head to put CarPlay in my car. And and the reason I'm doing it is I have the Camry disease. The bottom third of the touchscreen doesn't work anymore. So you have to take the oh. thing apart and put a... Uh, Put and and get a new touch screen or not a, uh, just the the a resistive touchpad. So I'm going to take the whole car car apart and I'm going to spend money and time on it. Why don't I replace the whole thing? And the fact right. that these gadgets, yeah, so replace the whole thing and I'll get CarPlay and all that. That's the biggest car upgrade I could ever have. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. This is surprising, but surprising in a very good way. Uh, with a lot of modern vehicles, especially those made in the last five to ten years, the old days of being able to put in just a, a standard double-din radio are largely gone with very preparatory systems that are designed specifically for that vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, in many cases, to get car play, you basically have to just replace the vehicle for a newer one. Yep. Honda seems to realize, unlike GM, what kind of the the usefulness that CarPlay and Android Auto, especially the wireless variety, give their customers. Yeah, they. This is the same thing, though. This is is what we're talking about with Apple earlier. Is these guys see value in 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 having capturing data from our vehicles and us as we're moving down the road and i have i mean we can there's there's a another personal thing that has gotten me and it's our friend at chamberlain the garage door opener people who Mm -hmm. took away features from their software so i can't use it anymore so i have a hacked garage control controller now so Mm -hmm. i can see when my garage door is opening and curling and not have them spy on me and all that kind of stuff and again thank you esp home and home assistant and this little company that's making this nice little board that hooks up to my garage door opener. Yep. And the last story I wanted to touch upon and before we get some of the apps that Bob has shared with us this week, uh, Apple TV plus viewers watched 17 billion minutes of Ted Lasso in 2023. Uh, despite Apple TVs having the fewest subscribers of all main streamers, Ted Lasso's Ted, Ted Lasso hit, was watched f- by far more than in 2023 than any other streaming show. Streaming ratings are usually harder to parse than ever because the network, unlike network television, because they they can watch any or all the episodes at any time. But that's it said in one week it, 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 that during that during the, the month that they uh, looked at, it was impressive. Seven hundred seven hundred ninety five million minutes of Ted Lasso was watched, and and then by the end of the year, Apple TV Plus comedy had led Nielsen's top ten original shows. So, come on, 
bring it back. We need a new, we need a new, we, we need a new, uh, a new season. Uh, cause everybody just loves it. So what do you think, Jeff? I, I think that that number would have been higher if I had actually finished watching season three. I, I love Ted Lasso, but the yeah, too. dropping it once a week, it's, hmm. it's amazing how many series I don't finish because something else starts and I don't yeah. go back and watch the new episodes. And anyhow, the real thing here, though, is that this is validation, I think, that Apple is on the right track with their yep. entertainment services. Yep. They've hired the right people and have let them make the right decisions. And we yep. are getting some real quality content on Apple TV+. Plus. Absolutely. Green can't agree there more. Any other thoughts? Uh, but Ben and Bob, you want to add, add to that? Oh, there's a 100% chance there's going to be a spinoff. Yeah, some sort of spinoff, I bet. Yeah, for sure. I you watched that last? I bet you did. You watch it, uh, Bob? Some. I don't watch. I I actually didn't hardly watch season three. My my wife did. I, I've been. I just been so crazy that I haven't had a chance to get around to it. But it's still there to watch. It's not going away. At least mm-hmm. for now. Well, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to go <laughs> anywhere for, for now. It. Not with those kind of numbers. Wow. What's What's fascinating to me is you look at the spectrum of content that they're producing, and you go. Holy, they they have covered a very broad variety of genre, whatever you want to call it, types of, of television from science fiction, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And most of the quality of stuff, the, the morning show, for instance, it's another really good show. I mean, yep. really good acting, it just all, all the way around, good stuff. And so it, putting the right money in the right people's hands and letting them go do their job. Thank you, please keep doing that. More and more and more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. All right. With the little amount of time we have left here, I want Bob. I want you to, to you put some apps in here to talk about. And uh, one of them was the Arc Search. You were talking yeah, about that just, earlier. Just start uh, to play with that today. So I don't know. I don't know anything about it yet. Other than I've, it's 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 fascinating. I think somebody else had some comments about it. I really don't know enough about it yet. I've got to sign into okay. it and play with it a little bit more. I've been using Arc for quite a while on the Mac as yep. a as an alternative to Chrome and, and it's an interesting, it's, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit like when my customers have Chromebooks, they like them because everything's kind of contained. And so arc does a better job of like containing things in the browser that, that are out there. I like the way it does that. I like the way it presents it. So it's a, it's a very interesting methodology. And then what, what arc is doing with arc search to me is I need to find something and I've got my phone in my pocket and I tell it to find it and it aggregates it all and gives me a, a presentation. And it, I'm, this is what I'm hoping it does. I don't know yet. I haven't had a chance to play with it yet. I have like five searches from work today that I got to go look up. You know, why does this turntable not have good grounding and and some stuff like that? So I'm going to use that tool to see if it if it helps with that kind of work. So that's one of the, that's, that's the first thing. So we can go around on that one and we can talk about Kagi in a minute. Yeah. Did you, uh, have you guys, any of you guys been able to look at this uh, arc search? It just, it just came out. It's on the iPhone. Yeah. Like 48 hours ago. <laughs> yeah. I haven't played yeah. with arc search. I'm familiar with arc browser and I started playing right. with that when it was browser like first available in beta. And yeah. it's, it, it's a really, 
really interesting way of organizing your browsing content. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. And then, so we'll, uh, yeah, it's, I, I think it's, it, it's something worth looking at. You have to have an alternative web browser. You, you know, Safari is just phenomenal, but I, th- I still think today you still need, you, there are times you have to have something like that. And so it gives you a Chrome based browser. I don't know. I don't know what targeting tracking they're They're trying to be pretty careful about that. And that's where Kagi, I think that's a correct pressure. So Kagi search. I don't know if any of you guys are using that. I have I have switched over to that everywhere. It's not free. You have to pay for it. Its search results are better than DuckDuckGo. That it, it's better than what Google calls search results now. I think uh, I've got it almost everywhere except for I had to change my password. So every browser that's running it, I have to put the new password in. Anyway, <laughs> just kind of annoying. And then they came out with a new web browser called Orion, and that one is also yeah. interesting. So. There's just, you know, it just gives us some some other tools to use to try and make our lives better. And that's why this, the thing from Project Tapestry is fascinating to me. I'm going to go look at that. That Because what I'm trying to do is yeah. simplify, simplify, simplify. It's just way too much. Did you have anything to add, Ben? I played with Arch, with uh, Arch Search, a, or Arc, I can't talk right now. Arc Search, excuse me. A little bit, I can see why it's going to be very useful. Yep. But for me, it's kind of a secondary tool, not a primary one. Yeah, I agree. Sure. That's that was my initial first thought. And I can't quite understand why they want you to make it the default browser, but it's so easy to switch. Who cares? Uh, not only that, but they're very, very insistent on it. Yes, they are. And 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 I've already found a bug in it. So I didn't sign in because I didn't know what I, I, email address I'd use to sign in dark. And so I'm fussing for it. Now I can't find, now I've got it running. I can't find where to sign in. So I'm going to have to force, I'm going to have to, I force quit it, uninstall it or whatever and see what happens. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a one point all. We'll, we'll give them a one point. I think, I think all of us have talked about Orion or Orion, the browser. Oh, okay. Before. You have. All right. So I mean, Jeff, I know you've had some experience with that. Uh, it's, it's a really good browser. It's, it's another choice, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Kagi or Kaji, the the search product. I mean, mm-hmm. my problem with it is not that it's not a good search engine because it is. I stopped using it and don't use Orion because I have philosophical problems with the uh, the political and humanitarian stances of the uh, company founder and you know so so that that's a personal reason for not using their their tools anymore. Mm-hmm. Sure, I don't know anything about that, so I'd be interested in learning more about that offline. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. But if it wasn't for that, I'm, Kaji would be the the search engine of choice for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's also the technical limitation, it not being a approved search engine by app. Yeah, you have to do an add in. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, which isn't a big deal, but for the average person, that's yeah, that's a hurdle that they can't it. get over. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not going to do it. So, great. Well, oh, I, we've come to a close to another show here, and uh, appreciate uh, 
appreciate you uh, listening and, and, and watching live here. Uh, shout out to the folks on our, in our YouTube channel and uh, youtube.com slash touch by us and Brian and Brett was out there tonight. So uh, thanks uh, for being here and uh, thank you for all you guys for being here. So let's go out and uh, wrap things up for this week. That's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Macedon at intouchwithios at techhangout.social. Support the show by buying me a coffee at intouchwithios.com slash coffee. We'd really appreciate it. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash intouchwithios. We have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe like Brian and uh, Brett did in our YouTube channel. And we'll notify you when we're live streaming, which is on Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash in touch with iOS, where you can watch the current and past live streams as well as listen to all the past shows. Visit In Touch With iOS magazine on Flipboard, where many of the topics we discuss are flipped into that magazine. The link is in our show notes. You can subscribe to the show in your favorite podcatcher, including Pocket Casts, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, and just many others. But better yet, go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com, where all the links and all the ways to listen to us is on our website. I am Dave Ginsburg. You can find me on Mastodon at DaveG65 at Mastodon.cloud. Bob Fairburn, thank you so much for being here. It was, it was fun. Way too it was long. really good. We got, it's I'm a little so glad group. you're here. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, absolutely. We 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 are riled up here every week. So thanks for being here. Where can people find you? Um, pretty much only on Mastodon these days. So it's uh, Bob F A at TechHub.Social. Okay, great. Then uh, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. No problem. Ben Rathick, thank you also for being here. We really appreciate it. I, I think you have a new blog post, if I'm not mistaken. And, but, yes, uh, I do. Uh, where can people find you? Um, well, Dave, you can find me on social media at Ben Rathig on your social media of choice. Uh, you can find that very expansive blog post on uh, the 17.4 changes at Rathig.tech. I still have to work on getting it ported over to a new WordPress server, but I'm waiting for you. I know. <laughs> I keep getting bogged up in other things. Uh, I hear you. Yep. On Tuesday nights, you can find me on uh, Mac Voices Live with Mr. Chuck Joyner. And on Thursday and Friday uh, afternoons slash mornings, depending on where you are, you can find me the Big and Mac shows uh, from the British Tech Network. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Last but certainly not least, Jeff Gamut, thank you as always for being here. Where can people find you? Well, Dave, thanks as always for letting me hang out with you because it, well, it's great to get to hang out with cool people all the time. Um, all right. So on socials, I'm Jay Gamut and I'm active on Mastodon, Instagram, and Threads. Then for shows, Tuesdays on Chuck Joyner's Mac Voices Live, here with you on Thursdays on In Touch with iOS, then on the British Tech Network, Thursdays on the Big Show, Fridays on the Mac Show, and uh, Brian Chaffin and I do the Context Machine. Brian does have a, uh, a Vision Pro on the way, so this week's episode is nice. going to be late because... She needs to have time to he needs time to play with it, <laughs> and then second, it's going to take time for me to pull him away from it long enough to record. <laughs> yes, you're gonna have to go over there, and pull it off his head. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't have as much hair anymore, so it might be easier now. 
<laughs> okay, that's true. Yep, he got his haircut and he's looking pretty sharp. Yes. Well, thanks as always for being here. And uh, thank you for listening. As I mentioned, be sure you tune in next week. We're going to have uh, Dylan uh, Stewart. Uh, if all things work out, there's always that possibility, but it, it looks like everything is in plan to give us his firsthand uh, uh, discussion about the Vision Pro. But until then, I hope, uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. We enjoyed doing it. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you.